recognizing the veterans. Thank you, Brother John Allen, Sister Rosemary. I wanted to ask you to join with me in reading the Word of God from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10, I'm going to use verse 22 this morning. In verse 22, let's begin. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So the title today I want to try to deal with in putting this together a part of such a profound, powerful part of God's Word, and please pray for me as I endeavor to try to do this. I always miss so much, is that um, the title would be The Grip of God. The Grip of God. We started uh, last week a series that I've been impressed with lately called Powers That Be, and we dealt with last week the grace of government, and today I want to deal with the grip of God. I think we can see that already where we're going with this, the hands of God. I think about the grip of God, if you can imagine with me that you're inside the hands of God, and you are, and so he just wraps around us, okay? So what I want to deal with, the points-wise, after I kind of deal with a little bit of the, the context of this this most precious part of the Word of God, is that God, we're talking about power and what that means to us to be in God's hands, because we are in His hands, is that He is underneath us, uh, that He is above us, that He is around us, and that He is inside of us, that's two, okay? So that's kind of where I want to go with this, but I wanted to deal with it from the perspective of this day that we're living in also, I'm really one of those preachers that it's hard to get me to say, get real excited about making a sermon fit a particular holiday, okay? I don't know why it is. It's my, my lack of ability, I guess. But, but it's amazing to me. I mean, even in situations of life of saying, well, I want to preach a sermon that is going to be pertinent to this particular situation. Or maybe you might have listened to a sermon some preacher preaches and 
you say, that guy's talking to me. Well, that never happens. Now, God often does it like that. So when I think about Veterans Day, what a wonderful day that is, and I certainly appreciate the celebration. I was thinking that how would this fit? The power of God, the grip of God. But I want to know, and I bet every veteran here would say, yes, sir, understanding, amen, that the knowing the grip of God on the battlefields of life, you have been there, and you have seen the grip of God. And in a spiritual sense, we, um, we are, are soldiers. We sung the song that stand up for Jesus. That we need to know that, that we are in the grip of God. We're in a battle. And so we need to be strengthened and comforted in this. I was thinking, talking about the veterans. Uh, a man I knew down in Ludowice, Georgia years ago, uh, uh, Brother Harry Chapman, told me one time, we were looking at his woods, and he said, you know, I was, uh, he was a captain in the army, and he was in the Philippines. I don't know how we got to talking about God, but we need to be talking about God more than we ever have before. And so uh, Brother Harry was telling me, he said, you know, we were in the Philippines, and I was leading a company of men, and said we were being bombed pretty severely by the Japanese, and said I never will forget this. But he says, I just felt like God just overshadowed me. I thought about that this morning. I shared it with Penny coming up, this hand of God. You might have saw this before come over you in a hospital room or somewhere else. But uh, Brother Harry told me, he said, uh, something told me. He said, I had all the men uh, get that positions and said there was a little bend up around the road far from us, not far from us. And he said, something come over me that day, and it said to me, move around the bend. That's all. Just simply move around the bend. And he said, I responded to that, not knowing what it was, and said, we moved around the bend. I had all the men go around the bend there on that road in the Philippines, and said it wasn't but minutes. He said minutes that bombs just shattered the road in the mountainside of where we had just been. Now, you know what? I think about that. You know, the grip of God has given you premonitions, intuitions. And His prevailing Spirit, we need to say, thank you, God, of your protecting hand. He is a power that be, He is the source of power. He is the source of all power, God is. And it's so good to know that we're in His hands. So I wanted to talk about that today. Now, Thinking about the context of this, you know it starts off with a feast, and it's a feast of dedication. And when I think about the power, and I was reading of this, you know, so much of God's Word, you look at it and say, that means absolutely nothing to me. And then you ask the Holy Spirit to open it up to you, you say, gosh, that means a whole lot now. But I was reading about the feast of dedication, and you know, that's about uh, a time where Israel and the Jews... Hanukkah, they still celebrated a, a feast of lights, they call it. But what happened is, you might remember in your Bible history that, that um, there was an evil king that took over Jerusalem and he desecrated the temple uh, to the point that he forced the Jews to worship uh, false gods. And, and the book of Maccabees and, and Josephus talk about even the temple being desecrated with the blood of of pigs, which was a, a blasphemy to the Jews, of course, and, and to God. And yet, and yet, so now, there was a man by the name of Judas Maccabee who rose up against that. 
And, and he and his brothers decided, I'm not going to ever let the house of God be defiled again. And he, he fought like a veteran. He fought and, and he stood for right and, and God delivered them. And, and so they overtook it. And so every since then, they dedicate a time in December, in the winter. That's what it says, in the winter. And that's how we know this is the feast that he's citing. Jesus is. The Bible is. And so, so what happens, they, 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 they took over the temple. The Jews did again through Maccabees' uh, leadership and God's enablement. And now they're dedicating it and purifying it. So, so the, temp, the type here is Jesus is about to go to the cross, okay? When you think about dedication, now is the time to dedicate your heart to God as never before. There was the time to understand Jesus is going to the cross. He has been manifesting himself as the Messiah to Israel. He has done miracles. He has raised dead. He has walked on water. He has fed Thousands with a little bit. And there's still people that didn't believe on him. So he's manifested himself as who he is. He is the power and wisdom of all Jesus is. And so, so he comes to this point now at this feast of dedication. And I, I was going to back up a minute. In that dedication, when, when it was taken back over by, by God's people, that is the temple. And Jesus is the temple of God. And God's Holy Spirit lives in you. And you are the temple of God. But I was reading and understanding that the reason it's called the Feast of Light is, is they had destroyed all the oil and God had arranged it that, that a fire would be burned in His altar of God forever. And everyone would go out. And so the, all the oil, when the evil king had taken over, had been done away with. So when they were rededicating it, they found enough oil for one day. And so they said, let's go ahead. We had to make oil, but they didn't have it but one day's worth. And they lit it. And the Bible, or the word says from Josephus in the book of Maccabees that it burned for eight days, one day's worth of oil. It was a miracle. When I tell you this, I want you to understand with me that the power of God, when you do right and you make up your mind that God is who he says he is, I don't know, I don't know how much power we would have if we really, really believed that God is who he says he is. That we really, really believed the word of God. That we would quit fooling around with our doubts and our fears and our failures and trust God and see the power of forgiveness and understanding that even the scars of our life prove the powers that be, that God has healed you. The scar may be there, but I'm going to tell you what. The fact that it's there only proves the power of God. And you have been in his hands as he grips you in this way. So Jesus now is in the porch of Solomon, he says, and he's walking there. And so here's some people that come to him, some unbelievers. And they're trying to, they're not trying to make friends with him. What they're trying to do is catch him. And something wrong so they can arrest him to make him uh, an insurrectionist to the Roman government. But Jesus was far ahead of them, you know. And so they said, if you be the Christ, just tell me plainly. I mean, he's already told them. <laughs> Furthermore, 
I mean, where are you on this? And where am I? I mean, he's not. Who is Jesus to you? I mean, is he God or he's not? I mean, we need to understand that it's far more important who our God is than who our president is. You understand that? I mean, that's where your power comes from. But see, this is the power to be. And so God, God's power, God, Jesus, they want to catch him in something he has already told you. Now see, Jesus, they were not going to write any more Bible. There's not going to be any more. It's right here. It's complete. And so Jesus says, they said, well, just tell us plainly. And so in verse 25, Jesus says, well, I already told you. And you believed it not. And then he tells them why they didn't believe. It's the same reason we don't believe. Because we don't have the ability to believe. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about now knowing all the theology. I'm talking about understanding that what we need to do is just dust off our Bibles. We need to come to God and understand His Word. Jesus, I already told you. You know, it's kind of like my, uh, one of my little grandsons, uh, Jackson Wesley, starting to walk. I think about my life. A lot of us just kind of starting to walk. We kind of stumble around a lot. Even fall down. I know I do. Here's little Jackson Wesley the other day at the house. He's starting to walk, but he's into books now. And he'll pick up the biggest book he can find. He can't always take a step, but he'll hold that book up until it just knocks him down. So I guess his mom and daddy's reading him books enough. He picks this book up. I'm sitting over there in the den. Not just kind of haphazardly pen. He walks over just holding this book, just shaking, you know, wobbling. And I said, come over here, baby. Bring it over here. He wants me to read it. See what he's saying? He says, Granddaddy, and he's not saying it. He's saying, implying, I want you to read me this book. See, that's how we need to see God's book. We need to say, I want to know about Jesus. So he brings it over there. And I put him up in my lap, you know. And I didn't have my reading glasses on. So I just look at the pictures and start talking about the pictures. That was good enough for Jackson. But you know what? I noticed the title of that book. You know what the title is? A Blessing from Above. I thought it was going to be something like Captain Kangaroo or Puff and John or something like that. But it was A Blessing from Above. Do you know what? That's where our blessings come from. You have children, grandchildren. You know what? That's a blessing from above. You're able to sit in a church today, you'll be able to get up this morning and go to the bathroom. That's a blessing from above. Don't you ever take it for granted. You, you just bless God. You just breathe His air. And you say, God, that's a blessing from above. James 1.17, he cites there. He says, every good and perfect gift coming from above, from the Father of lights, who is no sharing of veritableness, no turning. God never changes. But that power that he come, he's coming down to us. And we need to bless him. So Jesus said, ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. And then he says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. See, to be a sheep is to understand what God has done to you in your life. What he's talking about here is the doctrine of election. See, there's a difference in sheep and goats. So God has made you a sheep, and you'll never, never be a goat. 
What it means, though, is Jesus is not saying here, if you believe in me, you can become a sheep. What he's saying is, you believe in me because you are a sheep. When you see a bird fly, that bird is not flying to become a bird. That bird is flying because he is a bird. So when you and I cry out to God, we're doing it because you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. I don't, I don't give a rip what church you go to, where you have grown up, how many conferences you've been to, or what all you've done, how much you've given. What I'm saying to you is, are you following Jesus? Because if you're following Jesus, you're going to end up in heaven. I mean, that's where Jesus is, ever living to make intercession for us on the right hand of God, of all power. So, so what have we got? What have we got to squirm about? What I'm going to tell you today is you are in the hands of God. Yeah, we got some problems. We got some pains. We got some uncertainties. But I'm going to tell you what. The power of God that is behind us, that is above us, that is around us, that is in us, is greater than any problem that you will ever, ever face. Don't ever forget it. Now the problem is, here's the problem. The limit that we put on God, how we squander his power, because really the only limitation to God's power in you is you. You know what? Israel and, and uh, Psalm 78, 41, there's a whole catalog there, Psalm Division 78 of Israel's up and down. Reminds me of Randy, you know. You follow God for a while, and things get pretty good. I'm going to get off on this a little bit. And then so God has to chasten us, okay? He did that to Israel. Well, that 40 verse verse of Psalm 78, the Bible says, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you know that you could limit the power of God, the almighty, omnipotent power of God? Now, you cannot and I cannot limit what God can do, but we can limit what he will do. We can. And so we need to just say, God, I need to just get out of me and get into you. What I need to do, God, is remember that I am weak. Because when you're weak, then you're going to find power. You're going to get to your power source. Now, when you have some hard, cold weather, we had a little glimpse, not hard, cold, just a glimpse this past week, Monday or so. You know what, that's going to test a battery. If you've got a weak battery somewhere, you'll find out. I went out to my barn the other day, and I tried to crank my tractor to move some hay. And the battery was dead. I thought it was the cable. So I met, fooled around there trying to fool with it with pliers and shake the cable and sand it off. You know, that kind of stuff will make you forget you are a preacher. You hear me? It will. I mean, it's still just a, just a sad little turn, you know. So when I did, I figured out i got to change my power source. So it didn't matter what kind of tractor it was. It didn't matter what I needed to do. What mattered was it's got to crank up first. See, what you got to do and i got to do, we got to get cranked up first. got to have the power of God to crank us up. So I go up, I find me a battery. I bought a brand new battery. I think it was $150. I don't know if I even told Penny yet. But I what? But what? I needed power. 
I needed some power. I had things that had to be done, and you've got to have some power, so don't fool around trying to kind of wiggle the cables of some sort of works or some sort of places you've got to go or people you've got to meet or impress. You understand that you hook it up to God because he's the God of all power. Psalm 62, 11 is one place to say that. All right. So Jesus is making sure they know, he says, my sheep hear my voice. It takes power to do that. You know, when you're in the case of Jesus, I bet you everyone in here understands you, Jesus has told you. You've been convicted. I don't believe you've come to church just for fooling around. Hope you wouldn't. You come because something is drawing you. So that's the power of God. That's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand the sheep. And you know, you, you, can't, you can't spend your life trying to entertain the goats when you're a sheep. What a sheep does is follow the shepherd because Jesus is going to protect the sheep. And he says here, not one, not one will be lost. Not any. He says, why? Because of my power and the Father's power. And so I want us to rejoice in that. I hope we can today. And he says, when we follow him, I give them eternal life. Now, I don't know about, yeah, I do. I think you had the Spirit tell you get in your car when you get ready to go home and you just don't crank it up. You try to turn the steering wheel. You won't get very far, will you? But you crank it up and get it to go and then it'll move. So what we do, we take in the word of God and we God have God's spirit and that, see the spirit is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. I mean, it's that way. You get into this book and get into God. I mean, we just need to be like little Jackson. Just wobble up there saying, would you take this book? Oh, granddad, just read me this book. And if you can't read it, look at the pictures. And the one picture you need to watch is the cross. And see the blood of Jesus trickling down the most perfect being that's ever been, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all the picture you've got to have. You don't have to understand everything about predestination. You don't need to understand everything about the sacrificial system. What you need to see is Jesus. What you need to see is him holding a little lamb. You need to see him as the God that says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm here and I'm all powerful. And so it is. All right, now let's spend just a few minutes I told you I wanted to deal with and what's above and what's around us and what's within us. I just don't think you could cover anything else. I mean, I don't know. There might be something I'm missing. But I want you to know that the power of God is where we, we are. And we are in his hands. We are clasped there. We are clasped. I want you to understand this with me. In, within the hands of omnipotence. That is God. Now, there's lots of forces going to try to shake you up. But you understand what a blessing it is to want to follow Jesus. You might have messed up. You might think your life has been so that, man, I can never redeem that. You don't understand the power of God. You don't understand what God, you've got to understand God is the God that created everything out of nothing. He didn't need a hammer and a nail. He didn't need to go down to the lumber, buy some lumber. He made all of it. And he did it, he spoke it in existence. The first thing we need to understand, though, is that God 
is underneath us. See, more of the power of God is not seen than is seen. <laughs> it really is. I mean, we can't see God's power, but that unseen hand. I remember my grandmother. I still just come to my mind this, this now. I was on the screen porch. She lived out in the country, and she had a son that was sick. And one of my uncles, and I don't remember all the details, but I was just a little fella. But I'm telling you what, when you acknowledge the power of God in your weakness, you're going to make impression on somebody. You hear me? Well, you understand that not only Jesus turned the water into wine, he can turn the wine into water. You hear me? He can take an addiction and just whip it all around and make you, make you a person that loves the Lord Jesus and is sincere in your work. I remember that day on the porch, so my grandmother's son was sick to death. And I remember somebody talking to her. And I remember my grandmother telling her. She says, I don't know what it's going to be. But she says this, I saw the hand of God. That's what my, my grandmother said. I saw the hand of God. She said, I think it's going to be all right. You know what? Things have a way of working themselves out. You hear me? Why? Because of God. Because of his power. See, there's nothing that can boggle God. I mean, you know what? When you get with God and he says, he is for us, and the Bible says, well, who in the world is against us? Well, need to be, we need to be mindful of God and, and say, God, this, this is my power. I mean, that's, that's don't get off and try to get our power from somebody else because it's fleeting. So it's that power underneath. Look at Hebrews, the first chapter. You want to see it with me? Look at that. I'm talking about the power underneath. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Talking about God. You're talking about a being that's worthy of worship? Here he is, the only one. He says in verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. Listen to that. All things by the word of his power. When he had by himself no help needed, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus Christ, what I'm going to tell you, upholds all things. There's not a creature, there's not a bug, there's not an ant, there's not an atom in this universe that does not get their power from Almighty God. It belongs to Him. That's where it comes from. And so he, He's underneath us, and we need to see that in blessing. So, you know, we can fall. We can understand that God's got us. You know what? Not only has He got our back, He calls us back because of the foundation of His Word, that He's given us His Spirit, that He's given us His Son on the cross of Calvary, that we have this power because Jesus Christ has given his life, has shed his blood. And you know the Feast of Dedication we cited in our text? No, no, no dedication was made without sacrifice, blood. That's why Jesus was citing that. He was about to go to the cross. I mean, the first part of his ministry was over. Now he was going to get it done. He said, I'm going to go to the cross. And where we're going to find our power is we're going to have to be focused on the cross of Christ. You think about it. When you're suffering next time and when you're going through some problems, think about the cross. Think about Jesus on the cross. Man, that'll lighten you up. That'll give you some kind of energy that you know where it comes from. It comes from God. So, so then we see that God's power under us. I want you to see, too, that it's above us. Nothing is above God. Uh, look, uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's look quickly at Psalm Division 8. Here's a Here's a beautiful verse I hadn't looked at in a while, but 
It tells us about God's power. Everything's under God's feet, including the devil, including all this evil in the world. He says this in Psalm 8, verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, listen to this, the work of thy fingers. Did you know that God's creating the stars and the heavens? This finger work, just a little bit of a finger. Now, that's power. Just one finger of God created all. And so he says, when I consider that, what is man? That thou art mindful of him and the son of man, man that thou visit him. You know, I, I guess, I, guess I, I should have known. I guess this election makes me think about 300 million plus people in this country. I didn't realize there's that many people. And what am I? You ever think about that? You ever think how you compare to it all? <laughs> I mean, you know? I mean, think about how minute and insignificant we are, and yet God says, I know when a little sparrow falls, I know every hair on your head individually. God does. I mean, that's power. That's omniscient power. That's no wonder all things work out for good for them to love the Lord, them to call according to his purpose. Why? Because he's all-powerful. He is a God, a God that's not all-powerful would be frustrated, but not God, not a bit. And we need to see that. You know what, what, what will you look at this plan of God like this with me? You know, we look at our life plan, we all need to have it. But you know what, don't ever get discouraged with things not working out like you want them to. Because you're in God's hands, okay? And often what you and I think are plan B is actually God's plan A. You hear me? I mean, you say, well, you know, oh, oh my, this shouldn't happen like this. That's not the way it is. Not with an omnipotent God. Not with a God that's above all. No, no. When we think it's plan B or C, it's actually God's plan A for our life. See, God's power is so big, so great, that he can take you and my plans and just take them away from that and put us in his plan. I think he's doing that. I think we need to just celebrate that and thank him for it. Oh, his wisdom and his power to do it. So then thirdly, I think about being around God's surrounding us. I mean, if we're in his hands, Jesus says, my father's hand, his hand. I mean, I just visualize this. I mean, it covered everything. You know, I remember in, in Israel, when Penny and I went over there with a the group, uh, one of the things that stands out in my mind, when we're in Jerusalem, is you stand in Jerusalem, and you actually see the mountains surrounding Jerusalem. Uh, Psalm uh, 125, verse 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, even so do I surround my people. And I thought about that when we were there. I remember that scripture, and it's sure enough there. God surrounds us, and he's surrounding us today, and we need to thank him for it. What a blessing it is. No telling how much evil God keeps out. Now, we might think there's a lot of chaos and evil in the world, but you know what? Can you imagine what it would be if God's restraining grace wasn't holding it back? I mean, his power. I mean, what would the devil do? If God just let him have his way. 
I mean, we're all kind of like Job. I mean, we're going we're gonna to face temptation, but I'm going to tell you, God put a check on Job. I mean, the devil is nothing but, but, uh, but, uh, but on a leash for God. I mean, that's his power. And so what a blessing we need to see that. In Psalms, uh, there was a psalm I looked at this morning, Psalm 93. I'm going to turn there. You might not want to, but uh, if you can, 3 and 4. It, it says that in so many ways. Psalms 93, verse 3 and 4. Here's what it says. And he says there, The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. And in the Bible, oftentimes, water storms um, is the same as troubles and problems. But in verse 4 of Psalm 93, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. That's God. That's because God is surrounding us. And so when you see the cross as the source of all that. And then lastly, I want you to see with me the within power. And I think that's really what Jesus was getting to when he talked about the sheep and they follow him. Why not? They? Because God gives you the power. Hear me, hear me good as you can if God would help us, you know, and I want to hear myself on this. Sometimes we, we don't... We don't uh, talk to ourselves enough we listen to ourselves and that's where we get into doubts and problems you need to talk to yourself you need to preach the gospel to yourself why because the gospel is the power of God that's what the gospel is and it's always good news uh, but but when we see that that we see that 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 we have the spirit of God within us and that is the greatest power you know Jesus said in our text he gives unto them eternal life greatest power you can have eternal life and it's a gift from God oh it's in you you know what it means it means that that when you sin and I sin you know we don't have to do it you don't have to now I do it a lot I don't like it a bit but I'm going to tell you I don't have to do it and why, why I do it is I'm not calling on the power of God to, to to bring me out of it oh God deliver me like we ought to I mean, like the Apostle Paul, I mean, why did I do it? I don't know, he said in Romans 7, but I do. But I hate it. Where, where am I going to find help? And he says there in the latter part of that chapter in Romans, he says, Oh, this wretch that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank the Lord God for the Lord Jesus Christ. See, this power within us is what a blessing it is. You know what? I, I'm trying to talk to you today about power of God and God's hand the, the grip of God because that, that's what you're in. But see, Jesus has given us your, his spirit and he's given us his spirit as a comforter. He's given us his spirit to convict, to lead us. And so, so God, God has put that within us. So when we have the spirit of God we have in essence the power of God. And may God help us to understand that and bless that and, and bless him in giving us that. It's such a gift. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse um, 20, I think it is. I wanted to share a couple of verses there with you from Ephesians chapter 3. Here's what it says. In whom... All, well, I'm in the wrong chapter. Be in chapter 3. 
It's in the second chapter, but this is the right one, at least what I wanted to read. Now unto him that is able, and we know who that is, God, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. See, that power is in you. And because of it, he does things that we can't ever imagine. Unto him be glory, in verse 21, in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Now, you know, when, when I think about the election, you know, it's such a divided, seeming like race. But you know what we're to do? I've already made up my mind, already got a piece about it. I'm going to pray for President-elect Biden. We're to pray for him. Why? Because God says so. It doesn't mean that, that you, you say, well, you might have a different point of view, you know, but you know what? God can change the heart. God can change his heart if that needs change, but God can change this boy's heart too. You know what? I might be wrong. I've been wrong before. Have you? You ever been wrong? I guarantee you this boy has. But I'm going to tell you what, this power of God that's in us, that's what we need to rely on. We need to rely on what God is going to do and how he's doing it. Because you are in his hands. And nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. And nothing is going to upset you so or bring you to the point of it's going to just scatter and it'll just be a waste. It's not. So let's call on God. Now is the time to bless God and to see his mighty power. Think about it. The proof of the gospel is in you. Where you've come from in your life. Man, it doesn't take me long sometimes to think about the sinner I've been and still struggle with sometimes. But if God had left me in those years back there, I'm going to tell you what. I, I just shudder when I think of it. What happened? God has brought me out of it. He brings you out of it too. And so God is conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. And the image of Jesus Christ is based on unconditional love. That's how Jesus loved us. And if every condition of our life is going to be met, then how in the world are we going to learn unconditional love? We won't, will we? So God has a way of bringing us to the point of understanding that we got to come to the end of ourselves and bless Him. Because you can be sure, when we're down to nothing, God is up to something. He is. And so he's powerful, and he can do it. And he's done it before, and he will do it again. And so I just want to share with you that. I don't know how it all come out, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I want you to be, I want you to be comforted in knowing that you are in the grip of God. If you're in the grip of your money, you got a long road ahead of you. You're in the grip of some addiction. All these things happen. I mean to the best of us. But I'm going to tell you, God is a chain-breaking God. He's powerful. He is a God that has caused us to see. He's our source. David said, he is all my strength. And he makes my way perfect. May the Lord bless us to see him and bless him and worship him as the God of all power. May the Lord bless you. Would you join with me for a prayer? Lord, we thank you for loving us and for your mighty power.
We just pray, Lord, we can go with the flow of your Holy Spirit, even though it's against the grain of our resisting fleshly nature. We know, Lord, that in the end it overwhelms us. In the end, Lord, we come to your throne of grace and we weep and we recognize how weak we are. And we then, Lord, are sensitive to just what you've delivered us from. Lord, and most of the time, it's from our own selves. We thank you, Lord, for the security of our eternal salvation. We thank you, God, because we know how fickle we are and how our unfaithfulness would have caused the very church of God itself to fall apart, except your mighty power has promised that the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. We thank you, Lord, even as we embrace the times we're in, though certainly, Lord, we know that could be so much worse. We know, Lord, enough about it to know that we're going to need you so much, so desperately. But this is a time, too, Lord, that we can, as a people, proclaim your holy name, that we can be faithful witnesses in the midst of the chaos and the division, that we, Lord, would ask you to bring to us a uniting love, that you would give us knowledge of your word and of our own selves and ways and a love for you and one another. We thank you, God, because we know the Holy Spirit and the power he, he leaves is the only power that can do that. We can't do it alone. We shudder from it. Sometimes, Lord, we even wish you would leave us alone. And sometimes, Lord, we just thank you that you make us do things that we didn't want to do anyway. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. Bless us, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen.